Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Bob Stoffer with the Oilers Caravan this afternoon and this evening. We're in Vermilion, Alberta, as we celebrate oil country. It is presented in part by Lakeland College. A second hour of Oilers Now is presented by World of Spas. Aiken after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas, Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Do want to mention that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Tell Chris, Jeff Eltop, and Brendan that Oilers Now sent you. Now, tomorrow's a game day, which means Roos Chris is open at 4. Uh, normally, Roos Chris open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. As we go to our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. We go off to the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it. Hello, John Shannon. How you doing? I'm great, Bob. Hey, how did you enjoy doing uh, color from uh, Rigside? Well, I liked the result a lot as a. No, I wasn't asking partisan. you about the result. I wasn't asking about, the, uh, I was talking about your your it, job. You know what? Watching it, it the was, game. It was. It was. I got it. Well, you would know this. I mean, there are some arenas like I remember doing a game at Sherwood Twin Arenas in in Regina, and we could not have been more than three uh, sets of seats above the ice level. So we're, you know, we've, Jack's, you know, broadcast a thousand games before he got to do Oilers. I did 600 U of A games in various, UBC was the same way. And the old father, David Bauer Arena uh, in Vancouver, they have a much better facility now. Regina's got a better facility. Even in the old doghouse in Saskatoon, we used to be right above the Huskies bench. So we were close, but we've been close before. Um, you know, the, the, the players are fast. The one thing that I'll, I'll be honest with you, John, uh, was trying to pick up uh, in the first period. And remember, they didn't have any uh, scoring. They didn't have a lot of scoring opportunities at five on five. I was trying to pick out how significant of a change the orders went to a defensive zone coverage, whether or not they were straight man, whether or not they were hybrid. Uh, whether or not they had remained in their zone. And I know that you tweeted out earlier that day that they were going to change their D around. And it was tough to tell that tight to the play because, as you know, we're not allowed to stand in that spot. For Jack, he's never right. done a game where he hasn't stood. And so I, I loved it. Uh, you're right there. It's nothing like having players coming up asking you after the game if you stayed warm and stuff. Uh, that was pretty cool. I mean, it was a great experience. The fans made it awesome. Well, that's the one thing I'd say. I was really proud that uh, Oilers and Flames fans, the NHL charges a lot for those games, and uh, the fans stepped up. How, let me ask you this. You're the, you've worked how long in TV now? How did it look visually for you? Oh, it looked great. I mean, it was as, uh, it, it was as good an outdoor uh, visual experience as I think we've seen uh, in the in the 37 or 38 outdoor games there have been in the NHL. It looked it looked spectacular. The pageantry was great. The design was great. I, I I was just curious from my perspective. You know, we are so used to watching the game from up above, where you can see the formation of plays, you can see what the players are doing, and. You know those those ringside seats. Sometimes you really you, you can't get more than other than the actual physical 
uh, feel for the game. You can't really see as much. It's difficult at times. You couldn't see the corners, I can tell you that. Uh, And uh, most of the time I find when you do that, a lot of uh, announcers do much of the game off the monitor. Yeah, well, Jack's got great eyesight. I think I saw him. We were on uh, next to uh, Chris Cuthbert and Craig Simpson, and then there was the penalty box. So when I went into the flame zone for two or three periods where the Oilers scored all five of their goals, you had to kind of look a little through. But I I only saw Jack cheating a couple times using the monitor. He was relying on his eyesight. So that end of it was good. Um, Cool. I mean, it was was, was a, a, you know, I... And I don't. I we had to certainly communicate to the listeners. Like the league, they're the ones that make the money off the game. They're the ones that set the ticket prices. It's a big event. They now do it really well. It's amazing, John. When you think about, not everybody was on board back in 2003 as to what these outdoor games have now become for the National Hockey League. It's big business. Right. So it is long way to go. It is. I mean, and I mean, uh, uh, and the reality of 2003 was, thank goodness, Montreal Canadiens agreed to do it. <laughs> you know, yes. that's the, that was the bottom line, is that uh, with everything going on and the, 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 the great uh, ideas of Patrick LaForge and everybody in, within the order organization at that point, it really only worked because you could find some money who you could play against, and that deserves a ton of credit to the people in Montreal. All right, John, uh, we are in Vermillion, where Bill Cowboy Flett was from God rest his soul. Uh, you know, you're as much a hockey historian as anybody I know out there. When I bring up the name Bill Cowboy Flett, what do you think of? Two things. Well, first of all, he was on the original NHL roster for the Oilers. I got to know Bill through that period of time. Um, and, and, you know, he was... He, he, he got his nickname um, from Jack Kent Cook in... Los Angeles when Flett played for the Los Angeles Kings and and Cook who was a you know a, a, one of the original six expansion owners wanted all of his players to have nicknames Eddie the Jet Joyal another Edmonton guy right uh, and and so when it became when he found out that that Flett was from Vermilion it was he became a cowboy and that's where Bill Cowboy Flett started and by the time he got to Edmonton in 1979, Cowboy was—I mean, everybody knew who Cowboy was—and he—he was—he was a great person to tag along with. He was—he was one of the most fun players to be around in those early years of the Edmonton Oilers. Had a 40-goal season with the Flyers in 72-73. Was on their Stanley Cup team for 73-74. Didn't score as much. I think uh, his son Dean told me he had an injury. They had, by the way, the LA Kings when they came into the National Hockey League. They had a lot of Western. You mentioned Eddie the Jet Joyal. They had there was a strong Western Canadian uh, feel to that team for a number of years, where they had guys mm-hmm. that were uh, from the West. Uh, uh, you know, Eddie Joyal, I believe, was from St. Albert, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, certainly, over the next few years ago, uh, there was a, uh, a, a J, uh, John Paul Kelly was out of Lloydminster, yes. Alberta's tough, hard-nosed Actually, player. I met, I, I tell you what, I met John Paul Kelly uh, in Lloydminster in September. Holy smokes, is he, it was, I, I tell you what, it, when, when J.P. Kelly played, I mean, he was a big man, and yes. he's a big man still, uh, and uh, you can see how J.P. Kelly became successful as, as an enforcer in the National Hockey League. 
No question about it. All right, John. Uh, the National Hockey League had to enforce something on the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Michael Andelauer did an availability today. Pierre Dorian is no longer the general manager. You've got great league sources here. Like, this is a league that Gary Bettman, you know, he controls. We know that. You basically have to be approved. Uh, and and Andelauer was always the choice for the Ottawa Senators. In fact, he sold his partnership with the Montreal Canadiens. I think that officially closed today. What's your take on what transpired with Jenny Dadnoff? Well, um, the investigation, uh, I mean, obviously, they tried to be thorough. Um, There really was no hurry to do it at at any point when you consider all the other issues that the NHL has faced, i.e. the sale of the Senators, plus a few other, uh, you know, pending issues. So they could take their time with this investigation, including the hearings that occurred before Michael Landlauer took over the ownership of the club. Um, you, you know, as Landlauer said in the press conference, he was aware of the investigation. He was not aware of the results of what was going to happen. Um, you know, the, the biggest issue for me is that what has not been said very much is that the reason I think that the a penalty was so severe was it wasn't an internal issue it did not affect just one team in fact right. it affected three teams it affected vegas and it affected anaheim and therefore when that happens and you have uh, some sort of influence over not just your own team but two other teams the league the league has to act swiftly in, in or sorry harshly rather uh, in a manner that they did with the first round pick uh, that's the only reason i think that you could justify why the penalty was as harsh as it was should mention uh trivia time for our listeners out there for our friends at proamsports.ca uh your chance to win something really good so we're going to throw it out there name the member of the buffalo sabers tonight who scored his first nhl goal uh, he played for Guy Godowski at Penn State, and he was at Edmonton Oilers uh, development camp back in 2016 in Jasper. A small, undersized guy that's grown a bit. He's become a good minor pro, scored his first NHL goal tonight. Text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, 780-496-0063. John, uh, the Calgary Flames, uh, Nikita Zadorov is uh, not going to play tonight due to a family matter. I thought he was terrific the other night. I, I, we just had Elliot on. Uh, can you foresee a scenario where Craig Conroy maybe ends up moving a couple more pieces than maybe people thought at the start of the year in Calgary? Well, I think that I think it's more than Craig Conroy. I think this comes from ownership. Uh, I think the whole concept and, and the impatience that's existing now in Calgary is why are we spending big dollars, long-term dollars on this group of people that can't appear to win? So I wonder where that decision was made on the contract extensions that were obviously very close with Noah Hannafin. You wonder where it is with Lindholm. And then you do throw in uh, the, you know, how good Zadorov has been for the Flames so far this year. But he's, as you know, Bob, after watching them, you know, Nikita Zadorov's in the minority in Calgary of impact players right now. Uh, I think they can get a standing. 
as a UFA, they can get. I mean, is he not what teams want in the playoffs? The six foot six guy that can Oof. make plays and skate. Like he's at and minimum th- a second round draft choice to acquire right oh, now. Oh, like and, and not only that. What, what's really impressed me, Bob, and I did not know this about him. And we've learned me this. Me neither. His, uh, I know where you're going. His, le- yeah. his leader. Yeah. His leadership. His you know his his confidence and his leadership. And I I think there's a ton of teams out there that are just saying, well, hold on, if Calgary is going to go into the selling mode, he might be at the top of the list of all those players. John, great stuff. we got a lot of guests here. We're going to slide in Ladislav Schmid in about three minutes' time. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. Have fun in Vermillion, Bob. You bet. That is John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. It is 617 at Edmonton. Guests and orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jbedmonton.ca. And we'll tell you that when we talk about Brentridge Ford out in Wetaskiwin, they got President's Award for customer satisfaction, fully transparent, great customer care after you purchase a vehicle. Another big factor in the success, like any great franchise, is stability. Here are some legacy-level stats for you at Brent Ridge Ford. Service manager Kevin started in 98. Sales manager Chris the Flames fan. Won't hold that against him in 99. Uncle Milt the rookie. Hey, he's just back in town. He joined in 02. I can tell you from personal experience, so too will Cam Moon. The whole Brent Ridge Ford staff is committed to ensuring your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. It's 6 18 in Edmonton. When we come back, former Oiler defenseman Ladislav Schmid live in Vermilion. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer live in Vermilion at the Boston Pizza as we are part of celebrating oil country. It is brought to you by... Take that headset off. There we go. Uh, brought to you by Lakeland College, and we are pleased to be joined uh, by a guy who spent several seasons with the Edmonton Oilers. He's part of the Oilers' entourage here, former Edmonton Oilers. You know what? How about this? We got two guys that were traded for Chris Bronger. I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, it's very crazy. Right. We had Jeff Wilwick in the first <laughs> hour, former Edmonton Oilers defenseman, Ladislav Schmid in the second hour. And you were telling me, Laddie, you uh, – you knew Jeff Wilbert from his time basically skating in the summer in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a small world. Uh, I would always do three-on-three Perry Perrins camp before every season while I was playing in Edmonton, and Jeff was uh, part of it as, as, as well. And about a month ago, I uh, my hockey academy, we went to play uh, for, for a showcase in Lloydminster, and uh, the head coach took us to the game, junior A game. I'm like looking at the bench, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Jeff Wojvitka. But I didn't have time to say hi, but finally we, we had a chance to reconnect today, so it's great to see some old friends. All right, look, uh, and I know you're doing something with Kevin Carius on 1440. <laughs> we wish you the best of luck with that. I got to ask you this. Uh, I talked to Jeff about getting traded. Uh, first of all, he was traded for Mike Comrie. Mike Comrie used to skate at the U of A. Yeah. And was a great guy. Just a great guy. I play with Mike yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, later on in your career. He's a good dude when he uh, when he came back for a second tour yeah. of duty with the Oilers. Uh, so he was traded uh, along with Eric Brewer and Doug Lynch uh, for Chris Pronger. And then lo and behold, and you found out on Monday, early on a Monday morning, because it was like uh, Canada Day long weekend because yeah. somebody was going down to the lake and had reached out for a call that morning to inform me, <laughs> and uh, I could, it was just funny because it was you and Lupul that ended up getting. What do you remember about getting traded to Edmonton for Chris Pronger, laddie? Well, when uh, when Brian Burke, he was the the first guy who called me, and 
to, to be honest, I, I was drunk at the bar when he called me. It's a th- uh, there was a time difference, and uh, he calls me. He's like, "Hey, laddie, are you alone?" I was like, "No, no, like it's it's." It's early morning here. <laughs> He's like, well, we traded you. I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm like, everybody, shush, shush. <laughs> so the whole bar shush. Just get quiet. I'm like, I got traded, guys. And I'm like, so who did I get traded for? It's like Chris Pronger. And I made it look like it was just one for one. I was like, I got traded for Chris Pronger. And Brian Burr's like, no, there's way more pieces to the trade. <laughs> but um, he's like, you know what, Larry, I'm going to leave you to it. And he had to call me, uh, actually, when I woke up sober. <laughs> he tells the story all the time, Brian does. But the, uh, Well, we it, had him on the show for yeah. four years. He did our show every Thursday. Uh, he's one of the most popular guests. <laughs> oh, he's I, I, I love Brian. Uh, one of a kind. But, yeah. This was it was it was quite experience. I I don't think he ever called a guy who was at the bar telling him that he got traded. Yeah, well it's funny because last year we were in Pittsburgh and the orders were playing in Pittsburgh and he called me into his suite where is in in the press box, right? And it's him and Ron Hextall. And Burke Brian looks at me and goes, Stoff, what do you think of our team? And I'm kind of and he goes, What do you think of our team? Don't hold back. And I go, Brian, we finally have good bottom six forwards. Your bottom six forwards are an issue, and it could be a long night. Our team didn't play very well in the last game, and they're ready to pump somebody. It was 6-1 Edmonton after two periods. But David had drawn. The only time they ever get up, right, is to play against Crosby and Malkin. <laughs> play Crosby and Malkin. And 6-1. It was 6-1 after two. <laughs> I see him, but he just. That's a tough and one. And they're eh? saying fire Hextall in the stands. And they didn't. And they were done at the end of that year. That was yeah. it, Pope. So you end up getting traded. You and Joffrey Lupul. Uh, they flip Lupul after a year. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think of your time at Edmonton, you know, are there a couple things that stand out in your mind in terms of, you know, enjoying the experience? Experience playing with the Oilers back in the day, Laddie. Well, we didn't have that much success, but um, you know what? It was it was the best time of my life, to be honest. I I, I tell that to, to everyone. You know, that was my best years uh, in the NHL, best years in hockey, to be honest. Uh, I uh, built some uh, relationships with with other players, but made some friends around town. You know, I I'm proud to call Edmonton my my home now, and you know, just just. Ed- Amazing atmosphere. I was just talking to uh, some uh, long-time season ticket holders, and they miss Rexel. You know, they they say that there's, you know, obviously New Rogers Place is, is great. This is beautiful. But I kind of miss Rexel too. It had some kind of magic, you know, with all the Stanley Cups and stuff. And well, they gotta go win some cups. Yeah, yeah, they gotta do it. New, 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 new ring. But uh, no, honestly, like I'm, I'm, I'm so happy and proud that I'm still kind of part of the alumni and part of the Oilers, and you know, and and I'm proud to call call Edmonton my home. Uh, one final one for you, and I know you've talked about it before. The five-on-five line brawl when you're with Calgary and <laughs> Vancouver. Who'd you end up in the end having a fight? Bexa. And he kind of pivoted away, didn't he? Sort of step up, and he was okay. So, so we are. You, you lead, got you got two minutes. Make it count. Leading up to the game, Brian McGrath goes to me, Laddie, We are starting. Get ready. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay, so we we, we line up. So now we are on the ice, and I'm like, okay, th- I guess this is happening. So 
all three forwards, like, Bexa is, like, st- trying to st- uh, take a face-off. Right. And he peels off because the, the guy who was taking it was his, I think, first NHL game. Right. And we had our, like, Westgard, Brian McGrath, and I think uh, they... Uh, he was going to have to fight Westgard. Yeah, and he but he, he did end up fighting him. So Bexa peels off, and, like, this happening, gloves off. And I'm, like, looking at Garrison. He's on the other side. I'm like, let's go, us too. <laughs> but I know Bexa, I think, hated me or something. We chirped each other before. He just comes steamrolling, uh, real, uh, steamrolling from the left and just grabs me and starts pounding me. I'm like, okay, this is happening. But it was an awesome experience. I know uh, Torres didn't like it very much. But, you know... It's one of the best moments in uh, in in, uh, in my hockey life, to be honest. It was when everybody's like asking me, like, what do you remember about your uh, hockey career? Like, you know, first NHL game, 505 brawl. Like, there's not too many of them, especially between, uh, you know, like, big rivalries as well. And, yeah, I, a, I think I did. Really, I love, I you did, did great I did. in that fight, considering yeah, he got the first three shots yeah, in yeah. before you knew yeah. you were even going. I remember when Kostopoulos in Calgary dropped him. Dropped him, caught him. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he, yeah. We tried to sign the Oilers. Tried to sign Kostopoulos. I liked him. He was. He was pretty tough. He eh? was sneaky tough, yeah, he and he wasn't that big. Laddie, thank you very much for joining us here. I hope you had a wonderful time today in Vermilion. It's it's unbelievable. Thanks, thanks for having me, Bob. All right, Appreciate you bet. It. That is Ladislav Schmid, who spent eight seasons with the Edmonton Oilers. We'll go to a global news weather traffic update with James Dunn. We are live uh, celebrating oil country in Vermilion, and we will be back uh, with AJ Jakovic to talk about. Pierre Dorian being fired in Ottawa or resigning. This is Oilers Now. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.